Welcome everyone to the Hot Esquina podcast. Yo soy Enrique. I'm joined as always by Sean and Alex. I know we've been away for a little while. Thank you to all our loyal listeners that have been asking where we are. You know, life gets in the way, scheduling conflicts, the whole nine. But don't worry, we're back. We got you. Wish we were back under better circumstances, though, as the Yankees have yet again, as they usually do, let us down at the end of the postseason. Always coming up short. This seems to be an ongoing thing with this team. We're going to get into that and much more in this episode of the Hot Esquina podcast. And we'll be right back. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Ahí va. Por el desfile. Olvídala. Esa bola cae en la, en la calle. Esa se va. Se va. Se fue. And we're back. So before we get started, as always, I want to welcome on my co-hosts, Sean and Alex. How you doing, boys? Disappointed, Enrique, as usual, when it's this time of year when it comes to the Yankees. But obviously, we're alive, we're healthy. That's all we can care about right now. Uh, I wish I could be here on uh, better circumstances. Like you said, Enrique, unfortunately, this is something that I, I felt coming, especially once the postseason started. And uh the Guardian series kind of told us what was what was ahead. Obviously, I didn't expect the sweep, but um, it showed that we were we were in some serious trouble, and uh, it all it all showed on uh, on the ALCS. So it, it's it's brutal right now. You know, it's it's the same old same old thing with this team. You know, if if you've been a Yankee fan at any point in time after two thousand nine, you know that it's always the same thing with this team. They always tease you just enough to make you think they're good. They always do just enough to entice the fans and make the fans think, hey, the Yankees made some moves in this offseason. It's never the moves we want. No, 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 because Hal Steinbrenner don't care about what we want. You know, to, to quote the old Joe Girardi meme, it ain't what you want. You know what I'm saying? And that is the quote that Hal Steinbrenner lives by. But he makes moves regardless, not the ones we want, but he makes moves regardless. And it's moves that us as fans, we always try to see the bright side of the picture. We always try to get ourselves pumped and think, well, you know, this isn't the move we wanted, but hey, bro, we're good. You know, we got a good team. And especially when you got a season like this one where the Yanks start hot right out the gate, then you really get your hopes up. But then you know, it's it's ultimately the same thing when when it comes down to crunch time, when it comes time for the playoffs. Disappointment. That's the key word when it comes to the Yankees. Disappointment. They let us down every year. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm I'm sick of it at this point. You know what I'm saying? I, I wrote on Twitter, I think drastic changes need to be made this offseason. I know we've said that a lot in recent years. But I think this year more than ever that that's applies. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you boys think, but some drastic moves need to be made. Yeah, I think we all have um very similar thoughts. We've all seen this for the last 13 years of the same story over and over again. Just new names, you know, taking over the roster, but you know, the same 
front office remains. And, um, you know, when you have the same people and the newest hire in the front office was, was from 2007, it really goes to show that it's kind of the same voices talking to each other over and over again. So when you have that and you have no one to really check them, you have no one to, you know, put the job on the line for, you know, the only scapegoat that's out there is Boone. And yes, Boone made some mistakes, some clear mistakes in this postseason, even in the regular season, whatever. But, you know, if there's anyone that's going to go, it's going to be Boone. And we we know, we already know, Boone's not going anywhere this year. They, they're going to make that clear and that this team, oh, we're a good team, we're a good franchise, we just need a couple things here. It's the same song and dance. It's the same story over and over again. But now we have sort of a different uh, offseason ahead where we are actually losing potentially our best player instead of trying to go get one. And so that, there's always that storyline out there, and it's going to be very interesting to see how, how that all uh, unfolds. We'll, we'll get into that as we uh, move along. It's it's tough. It's it's really tough, especially as a Yankee fan, because this is why we're angry. You know, every radio station, every reporter, every writer is saying the same thing. Oh, Yankee fans are angry. Yankee fans are angrier than usual. This could lead to players thinking this. And it's like, of course we're angry. We get, we get told this for 13 years that this is the year. You know, oh, you know, we're a good team. This could, you know, we're World Series a bust. And then the postseason comes around and we just roll over. And we're tired of it. And it's it, enough is enough. Yeah, we're, we're spoiled fans in, in some, you know, in some right. But, you know, when, you, when you're seeing the same thing or when you're told the same thing and, you know, and expecting different results, that is called insanity. You know, uh, Michael K said it best on his radio show, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking it from him right here. But that's exactly what's going on here. So, you know, yeah, we have a lot of changes that, that need to happen. Um, but, you know, we'll see as, as time moves along what, what happens with the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, uh, for the last 13 years, we've we've been fed this, you know, this food basically <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to putting this roster together that it's good enough to win a World Series, and we eat it, man. We eat it because we're fans, and we'll eat it every single time. And you know, we'll justify as much as we can because we're fans, thinking that this is the year. But when it comes down to it. When we see it unfold right before us, we just go back to the same song and dance from before. We knew it wasn't it wasn't good enough, but we still ate it because we're fans. Now, when it comes to this squad, pitching ain't the problem. Pitching hasn't been the problem for a while. And it it reflects back to game two of the ALCS, where you literally have to play perfect ball. You threw one bad pitch. Severino threw one bad pitch in that entire game, and we were done. And when the game was two to nothing, it felt like 20 to nothing. That's been the Yankees' story over the last, especially over the last four years in, in, in the postseason. You go down, you're down by you're down by two runs, which is nothing for some supposedly this much talent. But we feel, you know, we, we as fans have this vibe, this feeling that this team is done. At, you know they get demoralized so fast that could be a cultural thing I don't want to I, I can't I don't want to I don't like to blame Boone for much here because the players are the ones who have to perform and he puts together a lineup and no it doesn't matter where you are in the lineup you got to perform your professionals your millionaires get it done but I'm not saying that there needs to be wholesale change changes because they're not going to happen we have to be realistic here who our owner is and who our GM is wholesale changes are just not in the cards there is just 
there's some black marks on this and on, on this lineup that cannot be there next year. If you have any, any hopes of getting back to where you were this year and going beyond Houston, because they are the cream of the crop. They've been the cream of the crop. They're miles, miles better than the Yankees miles. It's not even in the same States. It's not in the same for me. It's not even the same planet, how much better they are than the Yankees. And if you, if you want to get back there, some of these players just cannot be there. The same old song and dance, like you said, and we're force fed, not just fed Alex. We're force fed this stuff. Like we were babies like here, this is not the food you want, but darn it. You're going to be fed this food because I say so that that's the Yankees. Like that's what they do to us. And like you said, as fans, we just take it because what other choice do we have? We're fans. What are we going to do? Not cheer the team. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could go back, you could go back to not getting Verlander all those years ago. You could go back to Machado. You could go back to Harper. You know, everybody wanted Juan Soto this year when he ultimately went to the Padres. There's just been so many examples of us not getting the people we want, but accepting, you know, the people that the Yankees give us because in their mindset, and I'm glad you brought up Michael K. Sean, because he even brought it up. It's this analytic driven mentality that they have that they think they're smarter than the next guy in the room. No, no, we don't need the superstar. Our analytics say that this guy is better than the superstar because the numbers and the analytics say so. Well, guess what, bro? You got to have the eye test too. You know what I'm saying? You got to be a baseball guy and know what you see with your eyes, not just what the computer tells you about a certain individual, because there's certain things that computers and analytics just don't measure, you know, and it, it, it sucks. And about Houston, let me tell you boys something. They said this on the radio too, and I'm going to echo it. There's no excuse to for, for getting blown out and, and humiliated by them this year. Yeah. In 2017, we could, throw the whole cheating thing, you know, I know there's fans that still are using it against Houston. They're still holding on to it. You know, um, 2019, I believe it was that we lost to them again, right, Sean? 2019. Yeah. There, there was still a buzz that they were using buzzers and all that. I remember Altuve not wanting to take off the Jersey. What's your excuse this year? You know, for, from what I can tell, there's no cheating involved with them this time, and they still swept you. And I'll go a step further. You talk about, Sean, that you saw this coming because of how we barely squeaked by um, Cleveland. I'll go a step further. You remember during the season when we were on that really nice winning streak and then we played Houston and Houston embarrassed us? You remember that? Bro, <laughs> We said it then, remember? We said it then. I remember the exact episode. We, I believe the episode, we even named it Houston is our kryptonite or is Houston our kryptonite? Yep. And guess what? Emphatically, they are. So here we are, you know, as they said on WFAN, I believe it was yesterday, the bridesmaids to the Houston Astros. And, you know, I don't see it changing anytime soon unless these guys get out of this analytic driven way of doing things. You know what I'm saying? I've always said analytics can be a good guide, 
they can help guide you. And, and it is the way sports are going, not just baseball, but all sports. But it cannot be the end-all, be-all that you go by it or nothing at all. Got to use some common sense. What do you think? Well, I think it's they, they are trying to play like a small ball market. And they constantly, and this is exactly one of my biggest problems with the Yankees over the last 13 years, is that they constantly play in the middle where this money ball tactic of buying, you know, these needle in the haystack guys, these, these guys who get away and uh, these guys who, Oh, we, we can get a Matt Carpenter's of the world. Look at this. It's so nice. Oh, look at this. Oh, you know, the Ben Rorford, he's hurt for Jose Trevino. He's our guy. Look at Nestor Cortez having a breakout year. He could be the guy, you know, like there's always that, Oh, but he could be something. And yeah, sometimes it works out and it's great. And it's an amazing story. But how often, besides Gio Urshela, has it really worked out beyond like a season or even a full season? You know, unfortunately, yes, you can't, you know, predict Matt Carpenter getting hurt. But how how long were you really relying on that swing taking you into October? You know, like he was going to cool off eventually. And unfortunately, it was very abrupt and it happened. But we went into the season going, what the heck is this team? What, 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 what roster is this? You know, we were supposed to go one of the shortstops route there. We settled on the IKF Donaldson trade, which I was such a, not a supporter of, but I wasn't too upset about it at first because I knew Donaldson could play a better third base. And he statistically has than Gio Urshela, but for $25 million, I'd rather have Gio Urshela at that point. But IKF is probably if I looked up the stats, one of the worst shortstops out there this year who had cost as many games, who had cost as many different situations. And you can go all the way up to the end of the season with that blunder between Glaber and IKF and that, you know, flip to second, because there's just so many times where, yeah, the, some fans are out of their mind. You know, they say things that just make no sense or are a little over drastic and too much, but we know what we're talking about in some sort of way that we've seen it for 13 years. We've, we, it's been written on the wall for 13 years. All you're doing is changing a couple words here and there. We, but we see what you're saying. We know what the end game is. And, you know, besides those first two months of the season of how great it was, isn't this not what we expected? I was surprised when we came into this year, I was surprised if we even were going to, you know, go past the ALDS. I thought, I thought the, you know, the Blue Jays were, or the Rays would, would be better. But yeah, we had a great start. But when you go 58 and 12 to start the year, and then you go on a, a spree of 50 and 51, the 50 and 51 is who you are. Yeah, you have a great start to a year. Every team can have a great start, but it's how you finish. It's July, August, September. Those dog, those dog days, those months of just brutal baseball, of one day off every 10 to 11 days, that's where your team is going to shine. That's where your team really is. If, you, if you're playing good baseball, you're going to be a good baseball team. After the trade deadline, Houston was unstoppable. And we were just their first customer. We just got absolutely annihilated. And then they just took over. I mean, we went into the all-star break with the lead at first place. And then by the end of the season, or even by mid-August, no Yankee fan was talking about first place. We were embarrassed. We were looking for a win. We were dying for a win. Houston's winning 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 
you know, 10 out of the next 12, we're begging for two wins out of 10. You know, that, and yes, there were injuries. Michael King, you know, Chad Green, which Chad Green, who knows what he could have been. Yes, Benintendi, Montas, a bunch. And we'll get into that. But I'm so sick and tired of the excuses. And I know that that's going to be the first thing Cashman mentions in his little post-season press conference, all the injuries hurt us, No, enough. I've never been judgmental. I've never been one-sided. But you can't keep playing this game and thinking that we're just going to fall for it every time. Yeah, this is why the Yankee fans are angry, because we're just seeing the same thing now. And I think for the first time, we're like, we're standing up to this, like enough, enough. When Yankee fans in game four stadium was like 50% full, we were, we were done. We were done after game two, but we tried to have one last hurrah, try to win game three. But when you lose five, nothing so badly in your first home game in the ALCS and you get dominated that easily where you're getting one hit until the bottom of the ninth, why, who, who's showing up? Who's spending $250 to see that again? It's it's unbelievable. Alex, you take over. I mean, before the season started, everybody picked Toronto to win the division. People, most of the people, most, most experts, quote unquote, you know, took Tampa to get second place. You know, everybody had the Yankees at middle of the pack, you know, third place. Everybody knew the Orioles, you know, the Orioles surprised eventually, but you know, they're not ready to make the to make a playoff run. And Boston didn't reinforce their pitching. We knew they were going to be trash, and they were. So, like you said, Sean, starting off hot, but who are you? The summer tells you who you are. And the summer told us exactly what the Yankees were, a mediocre team. Plain and simple, a streaky, mediocre team. That, granted, they got hot toward the end of the season simply because the schedule was kind. Simply because the schedule was kind. And they were able to pull away with the division because they had such a massive lead to start off the season. But in the reality is right now, today, who would you rather be a fan of? Would you rather be a Toronto fan or a Yankee fan? I'd rather be a Toronto fan. I have something to look forward to. It's a young roster under control. Very, you know, there's drama, sure. But I'd rather be a Toronto fan right now because I know the Yankees are one of the most dysfunctional organizations right now in baseball because of their ownership, because of their leadership. It is what it is. You can sugarcoat it however you want. You can't sugarcoat that. That is the current situation. You have players disgruntled at fans, grow up. <laughs> that's, that's, if, that's, if that's real, grow up. Fan, we're very demanding fans, and we demand everything year to year. And it's, and, and it's true what you say. It's, about, it's playing this middle-of-the-road you know, game every offseason. The fact of the matter is, you can't, when, when we had the opportunity to wait a season to, to sign Bryce Harper, we traded for Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, that didn't work out as, as well as, as, it, as it could have. Stanton's a great, you know, great performer in the postseason one up, but he's missed almost an entire season. And the reality is that he's a streaky-ass hitter. So we could, have, we could have ended up with Bryce Harper, who at the end of the day signed a bargain of a contract with the Phillies. You're telling me we shouldn't have had Manny Machado? Really? What? And Duhar was, you know, had could just come off of that season. Okay. He had her shell up. So what? It's Manny freaking Machado. All right. Yeah, you could have you could have go ahead and just gone him. You can't play the game of 
being middle of the road when it comes to free agents and trades and expect to go beyond Houston at any point in the season. It's not going to happen. You either have to be a trash team for a very long time like Kansas City was, and then what happened? Two World Series in a row, and they won one. And then what happened one or two years after that? It all came crumbling down because that's what small markets teams do. It all will come crumbling down, but you guess what? You have to take advantage of the window. The next Kansas City Royals are the Baltimore Orioles. They are the next bubble team. They are ready to really make some noise in this league. But what? They were horrible for five, over, over five years. Horrendous. They've done some good drafting. They have some players. They don't have that much money. But at the end of the day, they are the next trouble team in the, in the American League. And that's and you either have to play one way or the other. You either have to be horrendous for a while, draft well, and bring and bring up your own talent, or you have to spend one or the other. And the Yankees have been playing the middle. And guess what? We're getting mid results. Mid results. Getting to an ALCS. I don't care about the ALCS. I want a World Series. Don't care. I don't care. I ra- I ra- I rather if if this is what you're gonna do in the playoffs. I'd rather you not make the playoffs because it's not good enough. It's not good enough. So when it comes down to Stanton, Rizzo, and all that stuff, again, I'm not blaming – you can't point the finger at any one person in this in, in this team. It's a collective debacle, collective debacle. And like I said before, there are just certain marks on this team, certain players on this team that cannot be there next year if you expect to climb the mountain that is the Houston Astros. This is what happens when you're an organization that doesn't have a plan year in and year out. Like Houston, Baltimore, like you said, Kansas City. What do all those teams have in common? They had a plan. They had a long-term plan on how they wanted to build their team. The Yankees' plan seems to fluctuate year in and year out. You know, one year, you know, 2009 to be exact, they went all out and spent. Then they start to go cheaper and small market-wise. Then they tease you with a few big signings like a Garrett Cole. You know, that's the worst part about being a Yankee fan right now, that you cannot look into the future and be like, well, you know what? We were middle of the pack. We were mediocre this year, but the future is bright. I mean, yeah, we're promised... These kids, Volpe, you know, we saw Peraza and Cabrera this year in the bigs. Okay, we haven't seen Dominguez yet. I get it. But, I mean, we don't even know what's the timetable with those guys and what the Yankees' plans are with those guys, you know? Maybe you kind of see it with with IKF, Sean, like you were talking about him being one of the worst. Maybe the way the Yankees figure it, oh, well. You know, we'll take the bumps and bruises because after all, he's just a placeholder for these kids, maybe. But like I said, at the end of the day, it just, you know, it's a constant thing where they where there's no structure and no plan with this team. Um, I want to go ahead and uh, transition here to this particular season and the struggles the Yankees had this postseason, boys, because I want to get your thoughts on this too. I got to say, when you got a team 
And you hit the nail on the on the head there, Alex. When you got a team that's collectively batting horrendously when the postseason comes, your best hitter this postseason was Harrison Bader hitting 333 in the postseason and batting 400 in the ALCS. You know what I'm saying? Mind you, this guy was in a walking boot until September, and he's your best overall hitter. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Judge, 139 in the postseason. Giancarlo Stanton, 188. Are you kidding me? I know batting average isn't the end-all, be-all, but those are your big guys. Those are your guys that you expect to hit, you know? And that's the thing, you know? You, you, you look at everybody down the line. Matt Carpenter, like you said, Sean, hot, hot off the start from the moment we got him and, and placed him in the lineup on the day we acquired him against Tampa Bay. He cooled off. He he batted 100 against Houston. 100. Donaldson, don't even get me started with this guy. 0.077 against Houston. Under 100, bro. Judge, 0.63 against Houston. I mean, bro, like, like the list goes on. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing year in and year out. That's why you see so many Yankee fans desperate for that big hitter every time the offseason comes. That's why we wanted Machado so badly. That's why we wanted Harper so badly. That's why, you know, we wanted Soto when rumor came out that Washington was willing to trade him because we know as fans that pitching, albeit, yeah, could it use some upgrades? Sure, but we know that's not our problem come the postseason. It's hitting. And if you keep playing this small market game and getting these, Guys that, like I said before, the computer and the analytics tell you will be good. When you got a payroll like the Yankees have, then then you're playing a fool's game. You know what I'm saying? And and this is going to be the result every time. You got the money, spend it. That's the answer. Unfortunately, we're we're in that position that the answer is to spend. Again, we saw the proof in the pudding in 2009 that they didn't just again they didn't go, they didn't go, you know. They didn't tiptoe that line. They went all out. You got Teixeira. You got A.J. Burnett. You got C.C. Sabathia. Like, you did not tiptoe that line. You brought it all. Like, the top three free agents in that offseason, you just brought them in. They those, they went for the three best free agents available that offseason, and the results showed because they got to where they had to, and, and, and ultimately the Phillies didn't have a shot when it came to the 2009 World Series. And that's the game you play when you are the Yankees, because ultimately you do trade a lot of your best pieces at the trade deadline. You do trade a lot of your, you know, homegrown talent sometimes to get to get better. But the reality is you're play, you're already here. You're in this position. You have players under contract for a very, very long time. Then and and again, it's it goes it goes down to this whole excuse thing about oh, we needed to save our money for Judge. You have it already, dude. You're the highest earning franchise in baseball you 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 and and you spend the least percent of your revenue than any other team in baseball you make the most and you spend the least compared to what you make it's mind-blowing mind-blowing lack of logic and when it comes down to the moves that they made this season it's honestly it feels I, I'm, I'm insulted by it i'm insulted by it simply because it makes me feel like that I should be working there and I shouldn't be working there. I don't 
I'm not smart enough to be working in the front office of a, of a major league baseball team. I'm not, but they make me look smart because just because we struck out X amount of times in the playoffs, you're just going to go after contact hitters. That's your solution to go after contact hitters. Well, contact hitters, guess what they do? They hit into shifts. <laughs> That's what they do. They hit into shifts. IKF hits. Yeah, he hits. He makes contact, but most of them are outs. Benintendi had a flash in the pan season because he was washed with Boston. Goes to Kansas City. Okay, he's hitting 300, but they're mostly singles, dude. They're singles. Singles don't do anything in the playoffs. They really, really don't. Yeah, they 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 matter in the later innings, but you got to get there first. So again, the logic behind these things—they're not impact moves. They're just not impact moves. We didn't make an impact when we thought we did when we got Montas. But ultimately, pitching was not the issue with this team. It just wasn't the issue with this team. It's been hitting. It's always been hitting. It's still going to be hitting. Next year, it's going to be hitting. Because I don't have any faith that they're going to do the right thing this offseason. I just don't. If Honestly, if you lose Judge, I don't care. Just don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Because the, the, the fact of the matter is, if you see the games... You see the games. He had 62 jacks. He had a one-off season. He's never going to have this season again. This is a one-time thing. He's never going to do this again. 62, 65. No, no, this is that, that's done. Hitting 310, good luck. That's not who you are. You had one season. You were pissed off. You didn't get paid. And here is the season you had. You're going to get paid now? Go get your money, bro. But you're not going to have this season again. And Yankee fans need to be realistic about that. You need other people to perform. You need other players to perform, and they don't have it. Right now, you look at that roster, it's mid. Mediocre. There's nothing special about this roster at all. Aaron Judge is a special talent, special player, but guess what? This season is a once-in-a-lifetime season, and it's never happening again. So now what? You got to get something else. You got you to fill this thing up. And the reality is that there are some – there specifically, there's three players – that cannot be on this team next season. I'm going to end it with that again. Aaron Hicks, Josh Donaldson, and Glaber Torres. The three of them cannot be on this team next season. Because if they are, we're right back here again next season. Yep. Disappointment city. When you have a Yankee team that plays in the middle where they say we're going to develop our prospects, you know, our prospects are our future. But then at the same token, they go out and get players. But it's never the players that we need or we want, I guess. It's always the B-level talent, the replacement of what we really wanted, what we really needed at that time. If you look at anyone on this team, you could you could think of the person better than them. Just If you start from Stanton from the beginning, that was a replacement to missing out on Otani. If you think of Rizzo, that was a replacement for not wanting to give the $10 million more to Freeman. And I'm not saying Freeman would have chose, chosen us, but Freeman had an incredible year with the Dodgers, and you could say that half the season he didn't even want to be there. But he, you know, he's playing baseball. This is what it's all about. Josh Donaldson, clearly a... We've been trying to cover third base ever since thinking we were, you know, better better without Machado. You know, and Duhar had that great rookie year, gets hurt. 
Then we rely on Geo. Geo, you know, had a great couple years. You know, obviously, you know, started to form back to who he was. He's still an incredible third baseman. I'm not taking that away from him. I love him. He's a great guy. Hope he, you know, succeeds wherever he goes. But, you know, you have Andujar playing third, then Oshela. Then, you know, you got Cashman after you make the Donaldson deal saying, we love Oshela, but he's no Josh Donaldson. What's Josh Donaldson? What did Josh Donaldson do this year? Guy had zero and zero in, in his in his lineup card every time he came up to the plate in the postseason. What what What, what is that? Anybody, Matt Carpenter, last second edition. If you're talking about you're going to the season saying it's World Series of bust, like you said, we're still a World Series contending team. We could be this team with this, 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 and that. But you have Joey Gallo playing left field, hitting barely over 150 until you have to trade him at the deadline. Then you, you know, you have Juan Soto sitting there. Another, another option. If you even go back to Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper was shaving his beard, shaved his head, and said, "I'll play first base." told Scott Boris to tell the media, especially the New York media, I can play first base. Don't even call him. So that's relying on the Greg Bird and the Luke Voigts and all that disaster that kept along for two to three years. Let that go. Now he's playing in the World Series and is holding that team and you know potentially could win a ring, something he could have done with us. Juan Soto, like I was saying before, option was there. Yes, you would have to have given the farm to go get him. But you can't keep having your foot on the gas and on the brake at the same time. You have to make a decision whether are we developing the farm and the kids are the answer? Then do that. Stop relying on these B-level talent replacements. Don't go out and get Benintendi then. Because obviously Benintendi wasn't part of the plan until Gallo was as atrocious as he was, which we could have all told you that going into the season. The shift was still there. You knew he was hitting under 200. You're talking about getting contact hitters, but you still have Joey Gallo playing left field, a position he doesn't like playing. It's it's a constant nonsense. Again, and let's go to Aaron Hicks. Dude has been atrocious. Had one good year as a Yankee. Has been injury prone ever since. Somehow the formula says that he's going to have a bounce back. We've been talking about this nonsense for three years now, but he doesn't have it. The dog is not with him. He's not there. He's not the guy. He's not a starting center fielder, especially not here. He's so bad that you really like. It's just another thing where we kept Clint Frazier's of the world, the Andujars of the world, of uh, all those guys that we held on for way too long, and now we have to get rid of them. IKF, one of the worst shortstops I've ever seen throughout an entire season. That dude had as bad a yips as Chase Headley. I I have no idea what happened, but I I still think he's back on the team. But as a as a backup, he's still got that veteran presence where he could play third base and shortstop, and he could steal bases. He's still a contact guy, which is exactly what we need. But we're doing the same thing over again. Judge, and I I, I left Judge for last. If Judge leaves, I don't mind. I'm not gonna lie. As and people are gonna think I'm crazy for this. As much as I want Judge to come back, I don't mind if he leaves, because. If he does get the 45 to 50 million that people are projecting, the Yankees will be stalled all offseason and the Yankees will do nothing the rest of the offseason besides minor moves. They will call that the major acquisition of this team and that'll be it. We'll be looking at this team in 2023 because this team doesn't do anything. They've had two major moves since 2018, which was the Stanton trade and the, the Garrett Cole signing. 
That was the biggest thing we've done. But Gleyber Torres is another one. He's got to go. If you want to change the culture, you want to change it, you want to be for real, you trade him by December or whatever. You show no one's safe. This is a different team now. If you're going to keep the same formula, then what are we really talking about here? We're just going to roll the same thing out and just change the two to 22 or three for 2023. It's just going to be the same team. You know, the list goes on, and I differentiate from you in, in one way, Sean, that I do want Judge back. I feel that if you don't bring this guy back, especially given how much he means to this team, not just the fan base. I mean, that's an understatement, and that doesn't even need to be said how much he means to this fan base and just the fans in baseball in general. Like, you ask fans of any Major League Baseball team, and they'll all sign up for Aaron Judge on their team, injury risk and all. But aside from that, how much he means to the team in general, to that clubhouse, all the guys there look at him as the captain of this team. Nestor said it in one of the in one of the press conferences in the postseason that he should be the next captain. Straight out said it in a press conference. So that's how he's mired in that clubhouse. You know, it's it's no secret how close he is to Anthony Rizzo. If he leaves, you know Rizzo's leaving. You know what I'm saying? Rizzo ain't staying if his boy ain't there. So right there, you lose your star player and you have a hole at first base again. Who are you going to get? Another Greg Bird type? You know what I'm saying? Another project? You know what I'm saying? So I personally would love for him to stay. I personally would love to see him retire a Yankee when it's all said and done. I don't care if he has to play DH at the end of his career when, you know, ultimately he starts to decline and maybe he's not the fielder he once was. I don't care. I don't care. Honestly, like that guy needs to be a Yankee for life. I ask you both this. What about as part of the negotiating tactic? What about if Brian Cashman, if he does stay, which is the most likely scenario and how Steinbrenner straight up tell judge during negotiations, listen, we want you to be a Yankee for life. We want you to be the next captain of this team. Straight up. Tell them, Hey, you stay. And that captaincy is yours. How much do you think he'll value that? I don't know exactly because money talks, everything else walks. And, you know, we saw with Robbie Cano, we saw that he could have been the next guy. He could have been the next legacy Yankee. He chose to take the cash. The cash is, he, Judge is going to go where the cash is. Make no mistake about it. This uniform has lost its luster over the last 13 years. It just has. So when it comes down to it, it's whoever gives the biggest paycheck. That is where he's going to go. Now, again, if you were to tell me, ah, you have faith that I have faith, that the Yankees will sign Aaron Judge, re-sign Aaron Judge, plus more, then I'm I'm all I'm all in for for that kind of move. But I don't have that faith. We shouldn't have that faith as Yankee fans that they're going to sign Aaron Judge and do more, like spend more. I don't see this team adding a hundred million dollars to their payroll. I don't see it. I really, really don't. But that's what needs to be done if you want to get back to the World Series, 
it's what needs to be done. Granted, you're losing some 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 funds here. If you were to not re-sign Jamison Tyone, if you were to not re you know, obviously you have Aroldis Chapman coming off the books. You know, roughly there, you have about twenty million dollars coming off the books with just those two guys. So there's you know there's 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 some there's some money that's going to be liberated right now. Not to mention also you would have to swallow a lot of the Aaron Hicks contract. You have to swallow a lot of the Josh Donaldson contract. But looking at the pending free agents from the other teams right now, do you really think that they're going to wait for the Yankees to finish the negotiations for Aaron Judge to sign? No, that's not how this thing works. We saw it with Machado and we saw it with Harper that, you know, obviously Judge is that level of a free agent. He'll wait. And what are we going to do? Wait for him? While, while we have a Wilson Contreras out there who is a badass catcher, while we have, you know, you know, Jose Abreu as an older as an older first baseman in the event that Anthony Rizzo opts out. You know, there's the Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson. Like, seriously, we're gonna we're gonna just wait. Let all those guys sign. Waiting for Judge? No, you're out of your minds. You're out of your, your minds. You have to take the approach that the Braves took. We want you back, Freeman, but they were getting the inkling that he wasn't coming back. Trade for Matt Olson. You got to move on. You have to move on. You cannot afford to wait for a judge to sign. You have to make your moves immediately. Assuming he signs. How about this? Assume he's going to resign. Make your moves. Because if I'll tell you right now, if come November, December, judge hasn't signed, and you let other players sign in other places, man, I would not want to be a Yankee fan at that point because we'll lose out on everybody. So you don't think them dangling the C in negotiations is going to mean anything to them? Not if it's not tied to $50 million a year. Sean? Yeah, I'm going to agree with that because wherever he goes, he's going to be the captain somewhere. And, you know, I think it really comes down to – let me let me be clear. I do want Judge to be a Yankee. Of course I do. I want him to be a Yankee forever. I want to be there in 15 years from now when his jersey number is retired and he's there with gray hair – and he's next to, you know, the Paul O'Neills and the Derek Jeters and all those guys. Of course, of course I do. But with how Hal runs this team, you have to make a decision now. Yes, you're going to get money off the books with Britton, Chapman, and Green off the books. Done. That's right there, 35 plus million. You're giving Judge, let's say, minimum 45. Let's just say. You can make the judge deal, but if you're not going to do anything else, I don't want judge because this team is more than just getting judge back. We need so much more as childish as about sound. We need like two and a half judges. We need two big names. Boom. You want to change the direction of this team? Don't wait for judge. Assume, just like Alex said, assume he's coming. But show Aaron, this is the team we're bringing in. We just brought in this guy. We're bringing in this guy next week. We're, we're different now. We want you back. We're trying to contend. This is who we're bringing. It's exactly, you know what? I'm so glad you said that because it's exactly like I said earlier. It's about showing him that you have a plan. Showing him your long-term plan. 
okay, Aaron, if you come back, this is the long-term plan and the long-term goals for this Yankee team. If you come back within one or two years, we'll surround you with X, Y, and Z. For 2023, we'll sign X, Y, and Z. You, you got to come with something. You yeah, can't just tell him. You yeah. just do it. Yeah. And when you go and negotiate with him at his house, probably somewhere in, in California, you bring you bring to the table, this is our deal. This is our contract for you. And we still got plenty of moves coming. We've done this, but we got so much more in the bag. And listen, we want you. And, you know, you're you're the captain as soon as you get here. And this is exactly what we're going to do. That's but, the right approach. Sure. That's the right approach. The, the reality is before you even go to the negotiating table with Aaron Judge, you better have a new shortstop. You better have yep. a new third baseman. Have them already on in on the team under contract. Because guess what? At the end of the day, in 2009, when Judge was probably still in high school, he was seeing what was going on with the Yankees. Sign, sign, sign. And then he's been here. And he's been like, where have you signed since I've been here? Cole. You've, you've made some. Yeah, Cole. Okay, one. One. Yep. Okay, you signed Cole. Okay. Who have you signed besides, yeah, one of the top one of the top flight pitchers in the game? Who have you signed? Now, I'm a free agent now. I'm Aaron Judge. I'm a free agent now. Okay. Don't worry about me. You're 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 one of the teams that I'm obviously going to consider signing. Go go take go go do go do your thing. Show me. Show me who's gonna be around me in that lineup. Go show me. Forget about the money. Okay. For me, I'm looking at that shortstop list. I need a shortstop on this team. Trey. I need a shortstop on this team. <laughs> what? What'd you say? Trey Turner. Trey Turner. I need Trey Turner on this team. Period. Make it happen. Oh, yeah. I need oh, Trey Turner, yeah. and if I don't get Trey Turner, I need Carlos Correa. I don't care. I need one of those two guys on this team next year. One of those two. I don't care about Correa. I don't care about his history. I need one of those two guys on this team right here. One of those two guys needs I, to be a Yankee next year, period. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with you. And and I was one of the ones that did not want Correa. But at this point, I mean, if, if it entices Judge to stay, I, I'd be all for it. One more point. Before, sorry to interrupt you before we, before, we, before we keep going. We didn't trade for Luis Castillo. We didn't trade for Juan Soto. Why? Anthony Volpe, right? Anthony Volpe mm -hmm. needs to be on this team next year. I don't care where. He needs to be on this team come day one because you need to prove it to all of us that we didn't win the World Series this year. We didn't make those big trades because this kid is a freaking stud. I need to see that from day one. That was actually going to be my one of my next questions to both of you. I have two. All right, let, let's go with the first one first. I got to ask both of you, do you think – there's any any danger from a Yankee fan and, and Yankee perspective of him going to San Francisco because he grew up a San Francisco Giants fan? Like, not to mention the fact that San Francisco already said they're not going to be outbid. Like, they'll go as high as they need to go. They're not going to be outbid. So I'm thinking, and they said this recently on WFAN also, you know for a fact they're going to come with a full-on blitz. They'll probably have Barry Bonds right there, you know, on the negotiating table saying hi to Judge, being like, hey, Judge, you want to be the next me? Come join us. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that poses a threat? Not that last part. Um, because if you really wanted to play that game with, with legends, we could 10 times our legends compared to theirs. 
But yes, I think it really does come down to it's the Yankees versus the Giants. Regardless, I think Aaron Judge is in Yankee Stadium opening day because we play the Giants at home. So I think that's what it comes down to. It just depends on what uniform he's wearing. But for Judge, I think, yes, I think San Francisco will outbid 100%. I think they'll have the highest number. But if the Yankees are remotely close, let's say within five million of the Giants, I think he I think he would come back because the Giants had that incredible year last year, not not 2022, 2021, incredible year out of this ballpark. Who, where did that come from? 107 win year, and then what happened this year? Granted, they they have kids coming up. But they still have a lot of bad contracts over there. A lot. And they're they're not coming off the books for at least another year to two years. So, Judge is 31. You have to ask yourself, at 31 years old, what is my best chance to win? What's my window? What's my best window? I got probably two to three more years of my absolute peak. I need to win a championship. I need to help this team with everything I got win it. Who's going to give it to me? Are the Giants going to give it to me? Or are the Yankees going to give it to me? Or whoever, Dodgers, Mets, whoever else is out there. But that's why I said I do think he still ends up a Yankee. But I do think that the Yankees need to do something to convince him to stay. We've had one signing since, one big signing since he's been here, since he's been the guy. One. We filled one need. Everything else has been these B-level returns, B-level trades, and B-level prospects because we're always the middle of the pack. Every draft pick's a middle of the pack guy. Every guy we go after is a B-level talent. Alex, you just take over. I mean, I, I go back to, I think there's a, there's obviously a huge gravitational pull when it comes to the West Coast and Aaron Judge. Obviously, you know, it, you, we know it's going to be one of those four teams. It's the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Giants. That's it. That's that's it. That nobody else is going to be involved in this in the, in the in this negotiation. It's those four teams. I'm going to predict that the Mets are out of it because I have said it for months. Shohei Otani will be a New York Met opening day. So, not even a question about that. Shohei Otani is a New York Mets opening day. So, that's that's why I think the Mets are kind of out of it. Because they're going to trade the farm for that guy. And they're the ones who are going to give him that monumental bananas contract when the time comes. So I'm going to leave the Mets as the fourth team on that list of four for Judge. It's going to be the Yankees, Dodgers, Giants. Dodgers already are the biggest rumored out there that they're going to go full-on press. Mookie Betts might end up being back at second base. Let's do it. The Dodgers are just that type of team. They just are. So it's going to be one of those four teams. Now, the Dodgers already have the pieces in place. They are not going to re-sign Trey Turner. We all know that. Trey Turner is gone when it comes to the Dodgers. They already have in-house options for shortstop. They have Chris Taylor. They have Gavin Lux. They already have those in-house options for shortstop. You move Gavin Lux to shortstop, what's going to happen? You need a second baseman? Here comes Mookie. Yeah. You get Mookie back in second base. You have Judge in right field. Problem solved. That's it. That is literally the answer when it comes to the Dodgers. So the Yankees have to know. They have to put on a full court press 
and that full court press is gonna be expensive because not the not the contract that he's gonna end up with. He's gonna get that contract from somebody. It's who do you sign beforehand before you give him that deal? But speaking of the full court press, um, so you're telling me that you don't take seriously the possibility of San Francisco coming with that full court press and playing on his emotions as a San Francisco Giant fan growing up. Maybe he was a Barry Bonds fan. That's why I tossed Barry Bonds in there. Maybe he was a Richard Aurelia fan. Like that, was his, that was his player, Richard Aurelia. He played oh, shortstop. Okay. And he played shortstop. So he liked Richard oh, okay. Aurelia. Okay, that was his guy. Okay, Richard Aurelia, I'm sure, is a phone call away. So it's not even, that's not even the issue here. I don't, I'm not even saying that he's going to get – I don't think he needs the outside legendary San Francisco Giant influence. It's not going to matter when it comes to the influence. The inf I'm sure he would love to put that uniform on at some point in his career. There's no doubt about it. Come on, you, you're you're an emotional guy, so you know I have no doubt that he likes that idea. But the reality is, Yankees drafted him. Yankees gave him his first shot. He's done amazing things for this city. The city loves him. He is a star. How about this? The most money he's gonna make outside of baseball is in New York. That's a factor too. State taxes don't matter because they both pay the same amount, so that's not even an issue. The most money he's going to make outside of baseball is as a New York Yankee, globally. You're not going to make it in San Francisco because guess what? The best player, you know, the two best players, in, two of the best players in baseball play in Anaheim, and they're nobodies when it comes to celebrity. Anyway, Otani, obviously, celebrity worldwide and stuff like that, but he's not that star because he's in the West Coast. Judge don't want to go back to the West Coast. He knows the money, the stardom is in New York's. There's no doubt about it. He will lose his appeal as a face of the baseball by going to the Giants. It's just going to happen naturally because obviously it's a West Coast team. Not everybody stays up stays up for those games. Nobody's crazy like us. So, you know, it's one of those things that I understand the appeal of New York. I think he understands the appeal of New York. He's not a dumb guy. Very, very smart, smart, smart guy. So I think New York is still in the driver's seat and all this, but they need to show him the way. And by showing him the way is because is, is with those moves that I, that I talked about earlier. Glaber needs to be gone. Donaldson needs to be gone. We owe them money. Who cares? Swallow it. Just like you did with Ellsbury. Swallow it. Just like you did with A-Rod. Swallow it. Did it. Does it hurt? It's not my money. I don't care. But I'm sure it hurts them, sure. But they make more money than they actually spend. They make more money than any team in baseball. And ratio-wise, they spend the least. Ratio-wise. Obviously, they have a top five payroll. I understand that. But ratio-wise, they're one of the least spending teams in comparison to their income. So they need to spend. That's what it's going to take because this is the game that you decided to play. You decided to play this mid-level BS for the last 13 years. You sign one big name. This is the game you play. Suffer the consequences. Spend your damn money. Speaking of signing guys um to show judge that's actually a perfect segue alex i was gonna ask both of you this was my second question and it ties into you guys mentioning volpe earlier what if and i know this will drive both of you nuts because you've both already said you don't want this to happen but what if they go all out they give aaron judge the mega contract he deserves and they try to sell him on hey we're not going to be able to spend this year because we spend a boatload of money on you because you're our stud. We want you. You're our priority. So we're not going to be able to spend this year. 
maybe we'll spend in a few years. But guess what? We got this kid coming up this year. We got another kid along with him. What if they try to sell him on Volpe and Dominguez? And to piggyback off of what you said, Alex, um, before I let you both answer the question, I don't know if the if he'll be there day one. I'm thinking, you know, middle of the season, maybe, you know, kind of along the timeline that we saw um, Cabrera first get called up, you know, middle of the season, maybe late in the summer. If he if he blows up um, in the minors and just keeps on putting big numbers, he might not give the Yankees a, any choice but to bring him up early. But you know how these teams love to play with, with uh, service time and manipulate service time. So I, I highly doubt he'll be there day one. But I digress. Go ahead, guys. What, what do you think of that, of the Yankees selling Judge on not spending this year, but selling him on the youth and the upcoming kids, Volpe and uh, Dominguez? It's an excuse. That's what I think. Because he's heard it already. He heard it when he was tied down to the Yankees. Don't worry. This kid's coming up. Don't worry. We got this. Don't worry. We'll make the move that's necessary. It's enough. Enough with this nonsense. To answer the Volpe thing, Volpe will probably be up, I'd say, in June. To be honest, it's like we said earlier. I think it's just going to come down to what the Yankees have done already. By the time they talk to Judge, it's got to be what we've done already. You know, he's seen forever, you know, since he's been a Yankee, the the amount of big-name signings we've done, the big-name trades. You know, you can count, you know, uh, the, the Stan and the Cole and a couple, yeah, we've got Montas, and that's, you know, that's great. Another B, you know, option B sort of thing. Uh, it's constantly the option B you know, a situation that we run in this organization, especially for the last decade plus. Um, but the kids, yeah, we, you know, you got Austin Wells coming up. You got Jason Dominguez in 2024, both of them. Uh, Volpe's probably mid to early next year. Depending on what the Yankees want to do with Peraza, he could be a Yankee still. He might be used as a piece if they want to be smart or, or tactical with this. Cabrera, I think, is a Yankee because the Yankee fans love him and he could play. He is the 10-year younger version of Marwin, and uh, I think that's exactly what the Yankees have always wanted, a contact guy who could play every position. It's like a dream come true. So I think he's there. You know, it's been the same song and dance, like we said, you know, in the first couple minutes of this episode. So if the Yankees want to do something more than calling Judge the big splash because that's not the big splash, that should be part of the game plan already with one to two to two and a half big splashes waiting in the wings. So we'll see. I say, and I said it at the beginning of the episode, that large changes need to be made. I know Alex doesn't think they will be. He doesn't expect wholesale changes, but I think that's what needs to happen. And I'm thinking that will happen. Will they be the wholesale changes that we want? Probably not. But I'm expecting a lot of changes with the Yankees. Um, thank you, everyone. I think we're going to call it a, a wrap for this one. Um, thank you, everyone who listened. Thank you to our loyal listeners who stuck by us and have been reaching out, asking where we've been. We appreciate you for worrying about us and, and showing your interest. Don't worry, we're back. Um, and for any new listeners that might be listening right now, we appreciate you for tuning in. As always, please don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe and leave a review. We greatly appreciate it and it helps us create more content. 
for Sean, Alex, and myself. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Hot Esquina podcast. Take care, everyone. Until the next one.